It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2020 season did not quite go as planned for Reds fans as the playoffs ended abruptly in the wild card round. Now the Reds are left to pick up the pieces during the offseason and fix a lineup that was the worst in Major League Baseball. How are they going to do it? What are they going to do? Rumors, transactions, news, all here on the Locked On Reds podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Carr. Let's go. What's up, Reds fans? Welcome in to the Locked On Reds podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I am very excited for today's episode. We welcome back Brandon Saho, sports reporter for WLWT, going to kind of put a bow on the 2020 season and look forward to this offseason and what the Reds might do. We're also going to talk a little bit about Dick Williams and his departure. But before we get to all of that, make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast on whatever platform you're currently listening to, whether it be Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, all those good stuff. Hit the subscribe hit the subscribe button. That way you don't miss any episodes this offseason that I've got planned for you. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Locked On Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for a little bit of daily dose of Reds. I mean, besides the podcast, I try to do a lot of social media. Also going to pick up the blog at LockedOnReds.com here pretty soon as well because we all need a little bit more reds in our daily lives, whether it's during the season or during the off season. And that's why you're here. Alrighty, for today's Locked On Reds, we have back with us now a recurring guest because if it's your second time, it's officially recurring. He is Brandon Saho from WLWT. And um, first question right out of the gate, uh, you're not on a boat today, right? I'm not. I'm uh, driving over the west side to get a haircut by my mother, a.k.a. Debbie. So shout-out, Mom, for the, for the nice haircut. Come. Shout-out to Brandon's mom. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, we we have ended the season, and I was just uh, checking up on what we talked about last time we were on uh, the podcast together. It's looking at our predictions for the season because it was right before the start of it. I said to Oh, me, no, do we have to? <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I I, but I mean, hell, I got a ton of egg in my face saying they were going to win 38 games, but we were both wrong. Although they did have a winning record, uh, w- without getting into too much crazy detail. Cause I know that most of it's just disappointment with the way that they snuck in the playoffs and then saw themselves out very summarily. Uh, when you look at this roster, I think everybody can agree that Trevor Bauer was the MVP for the Reds in 2020. Is there somebody that maybe gives him some kind of competition? Uh, the only other person, and it would be people, the Reds' grounds crew. That's who I would give <laughs> as my secondary MVP. Yes. Uh, no, I mean, Trevor was one of, if not the best pitcher in baseball this season. I think he's hands down got to be the MVP of this team. Uh, the pitching staff is a supporting cast. The offense had problems, especially in the playoffs. If if 
you know, Nick Castellanos, Moustakis, went on a robot was like he played in, uh, you know, later in the year, played like that earlier. I think it would have been, you know, you might have had a secondary candidate there, but I think it's got to be all Trevor Bauer for the 2020 team MVP. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like, even looking at, I don't know, like Jesse looked like the best hitter, at least when you look at the numbers and things like that with the batting average, but it's it, nobody really came close to him. But I agree with the uh, grounds crew one. That's a, that's a good one. And um, I think it was the Braves, whenever they went down to the playoff series, the, they were like the – ESPN broadcast was showing the Braves grounds crew like trying to get into the game. It's just like, guys, you didn't learn from the Masters. It's okay though. You you tried. You tried. It wasn't. It wasn't even close. And Freddie Freeman didn't buy the noisemakers like Votto bought for the Reds grounds crew. So it just wasn't the same. But the good thing uh, for the Braves grounds crew, they got to watch their team uh, score runs. Yeah, yeah. That's um. That, uh, I don't know what that feeling's like because we didn't get to see our guys do it. Uh, how? Um, so I think that that's definitely going to be something that we talk about. But when we first look at, I mean, obviously they they don't score any runs. They get knocked out of the playoffs, and then all of a sudden, Dick Williams steps down. How crazy of a feeling, knowing what we were thinking during the preseason to now like how crazy is that as reds fans or is this just cincinnati sports business as usual it it seems like cincinnati sports business as usual um which i hate to say but you know 2020 has been weird it's been a wild season uh dick williams resigning uh caught most people by surprise i think Uh, i know he when he resigned he mentioned that he had uh or it was mentioned that he had met with the Castellinis earlier in the year before, you know, they knew if they were in or out, this was going to be it for him. And, you know, he's, he's, uh, he did a lot of good for the Reds organization. I don't know if it was time for him to go or not. I'm still on the fence about that, but I think he did a lot of good when it came to working side by side with the Castellini family. And then also Nick crawl and making, moves like they hadn't in a while. I mean, there's what they did to this roster this year. This is a champ. This is a roster that was built to, to compete for an NL central crown and a championship. They, they severely underachieved, but they, he led them to, he got the guys in here and led the organization along with Nick and along with Castellini's family to get these players in here and to build that roster that gave the city hope. And towards the end of the year, winning five straight series going into that playoff uh, wild card series, they had won five straight series, and they started to look like the team we thought they could be from the beginning. And it's only 60 games. So, yeah, I, it, I, it caught me a little bit by surprise that Dick resigned, uh, or a lot by surprise, really. But I, I think the move they made to, to stay in-house with, with, with Nick uh, isn't a bad option. Nick, obviously has been around the game for a long time and and worked side by side with Dick Williams too. So uh, I think they shared a lot of the same beliefs um, when it came to building a team and how you win. 
Are you looking to do some work on your car? You can do no better than rockauto.com for your parts because they've got all the parts your car will ever need, and they're easy to use as well. You go to rockauto.com, they've got a drop-down list on the left side of all the different car companies. Find your company, find your model, find your year, and they'll have a drop-down list of all the parts that your car will ever need. That way, you don't need to know specifically the part. They can help you find it. Or... If you are a little bit more mechanically inclined, you can find your favorite brands like AC Delco and uh, Goodyear and all those different awesome brands that they've got at rockauto.com. And when you're in the checkout section, they've got a little how'd you hear about us area. Type in Locked On to let them know that your pal Jeff from the Locked On Reds podcast sent you. That's rockauto.com. And in the checkout section, type in how'd you hear about us? Locked On. rockauto.com has all the parts that your car will ever need. And one thing I like, and I forget what the original question is now, because now I'm just going between Dick and Nick. <laughs> but the, the one thing I liked is when we met with Dick at the end of the year, he said that he, he I don't want to say he made excuses, but he made it, he, he said something along the lines of, hey, we've been, in the playoffs, four out of my math bad, four out of the last ten years. Not a lot of clubs can say that, and I think Reds fans would be a lot happier if they went to the playoffs one out of ten years and made a run to the NLCS. Yes. And instead of losing in the first series or losing a wild card game or not scoring a single run, so I think that his uh, he did like I said he did a lot of good for this organization. But I think some of the uh, comments there before he got out of here maybe rubbed some people the wrong way. And then on the flip side, Nick came out as soon as we started talking to him uh, when, when he was named, uh, that he was going to be the head of baseball operations, that, you know, hitting approach, that's got to be a thing. Yes, we want Trevor Bauer if it's possible. He just kind of hit all the nails on the head and answered the questions directly and admitted that, you know, it was they, they had a disappointing finish to the year. So I, I think the move – uh, hopefully everything is is going well for Dick, and you know he wants to spend more time with his family and kind of get away from the game because it does eat at you, and it's a lot. And there's social media talking about you. There's uh, you know you're trying to build a winning team, and they're just and they they're not able to win in big moments. So uh, I think it you know if that's the the what decision he wanted to make, good for him. And I think the Reds are going to be good with Nick Kroll too. That was something too, and and. You just mentioned it, and I almost forgot about it until now, but Dick Williams said whenever he stepped down that he kind of was like a sham wow for the Reds and social media. Did that surprise you at all? Like, that doesn't seem normal for an executive for me. Yeah, I think he he read what was written, and it's hard not to when there's all this probably all this optimism around the city. I know I was very optimistic. Uh, you know, the TV stations, newspapers, social media was optimistic about this season. And then you try to want to see what people are saying. I, I mean, I've never been in that position where I, I'm with a team and I'm with a, or I'm a player and there are people are writing about me and, and doing what I do. So um, I, I can't relate in that regard. But, you know, he brought up in that last press conference with us after the season, the season in review right before he stepped down was, you know, there was a headline in the paper that said, you know, something about embarrassment, and he was mad about that. And I, you take pride in what you do, 
And so I, I, I get why he maybe wanted to shout that out there. But, yeah, it is. You, you try to ignore it, and, and some GMs and presidents and owners take things different ways. But I think Dick's a guy that definitely read because he wanted to see the momentum and the, the, tie, the page turning for a, a team that was supposed to bring Cincinnati some winning again. And they did. There was a 500, over 500 record, and they got to the playoffs. But George and I, George Vogel and I, in our office that week, I looked at him and I go, and it was, I think it was right after the embarrassment line came up, and I go, I, am I fair to say that this season was a failure? And he looked at me and said, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot more that goes into it, but this red season was a failure because of the high expectations you had and how poorly they played in the beginning. But just the, the, the biggest thing is not being able to score a single run to have two starters give you just one run on the mound and those two in a series and not be able to score a run to support them. That that's the part that makes it a failure is that you can't even score a run. And I, you know, they, I, I think this team should have, you know, should have won a game, could have won a series, but Atlanta was a lot better than I think than a lot better than people thought they were. Yeah. This is a team that almost was able to go to the world series. So it is nothing to take away from the, from the Braves and they were a really good team, but when you, when you fail to score a single run in a playoff series, that is a failure in my book. It definitely showcased how good the Braves pitching staff was, but how good the Reds pitching staff was too, because the Braves proceeded to score runs at will against the Marlins in the very next series. So it's like one thing that you can kind of take away from that, but I agree with you. It's, it's something that I mentioned I think after the Reds just got blasted by the Cardinals in St. Louis in early September, I was like, all right, look, if for some reason they go on a tear and they make the playoffs and then they get bounced in the first round, are we going to feel better about this year? No, because that's just prolonging the inevitable kicking the can down the road. This was a team that both of us agreed should have easily hit the over on 31 and a half wins, and they didn't. They came in just under the gun two games over 500 and you kind of look at that and you almost have like a, I wouldn't say bitter taste in your mouth, but it it's like whenever you eat a bunch of pretzels and you don't have anything to drink, you're looking for that water <laughs> <laughs> and the off season that we're about to head into, uh, hopefully is the water, but it's also going to be kind of confusing because budgetary wise, the last two seasons, the reds have added money to their payroll. I, I kind of wonder if that's going to be the case this offseason, knowing all of the uh, business, uh, not failure, but the the negative, the, the money losses that they've reported and stuff. But we're actually going to stop it right here for today. Tomorrow on the podcast, we're going to talk some more with Brandon about the offseason plan, how he sees it unfolding, how he sees some different things falling into place, whether it be the Reds re-signing Trevor Bauer, whether it be going after a big-name free agent. We're going to talk more about that on the conclusion of my conversation with Brandon Saho tomorrow 
on the Lockdown Reds podcast. Make sure that you download it and listen to it. The best way to not miss it is to subscribe. Hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening to. Also, follow me on Twitter at Jeff Carr with three Fs and follow the show at Lockdown Reds on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And save the Lockdown Reds line number into your phone at 513-549-0159. But that'll do it for us here now. Now, tell your smart device to play the Lockdown Fantasy Baseball Podcast. And I will talk to each and every one of you tomorrow. Let's go, Rex. Hey. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.